Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, M-A-C-U-U-F dot org. And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace. It's so good to be back with you again and to see you again. I come here every year or two, it seems, over the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. So you've become quite familiar to me. And uh, um, so, hello again, friends. Hello. <laughs> I got my bachelor's degree at a lovely and challenging little school in Illinois called Knox College. It's quite similar to uh, Linfield College here in McMinnville, but a bit smaller. Being at Knox was a liberating departure from my traffic noise, bus fumes, gang graffiti, dirty snow, don't think too much kind of experience growing up in Chicago. This is uh, the impression that my early life in Chicago left with me. Life is rough. Steal yourself. Just try to get a decent job, keep your head down, and ride this whole thing out. <laughs> At Knox, we were taught to question, to think original thoughts, to try new things, and to explore the unfamiliar. And you know, life is never the same once you start doing those things. It's getting to be the season now of high school and college commencement ceremonies. Several years ago, my alma mater scored a public relations coup for such a little college when, for their commencement speaker, they landed the popular political comedian Stephen Colbert. Commencement addresses are often littered with forgettable platitudes and have vaporized and disappeared utterly by the time the graduates process out of the hall. But Stephen Colbert's address at Knox struck a chord such that I began seeing it pop up um, in various news media uh, after the fact, people repeating and echoing and rebroadcasting uh, the thing. He managed to say something important to anyone who's embarking on the adventure of life, which I hope we all are, whatever our age and stage of life we might be in. And so I want to share with you my highly edited rendering of Stephen Colbert's commencement address. Most of it is germane to my message to you this morning, but some of it isn't, and I just left it in for fun. <laughs> so Stephen Colbert addressing the robed graduating seniors. On a beautiful day like this, I'm reminded of my own graduation 20 years ago. On graduation day, we're all in our gowns. I go up to the podium and get my leather folder with my diploma in it. And as I get it from the dean, she leans in close to me, shakes my hand, smiles, and says, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea what she means. So I go back to my seat and I open it up. And instead of a diploma inside, there's a torn scrap of paper that has scrawled on it, see me. <laughs> I kid you not. Evidently, I had an incomplete in an independent study course, and so I didn't have enough credits. And let me tell you, when your whole family shows up and you have your picture taken with them, and instead of holding up your diploma, you hold up a torn corner of a yellow legal pad, that is a humbling experience. <laughs> but this seems like a very nice place, and you all seem nice enough, so I'll try to give you some advice. If someone offers you a job, say yes. You can always quit later. Then at least you'll be one of the unemployed rather than one of the never employed. Nothing looks worse on a resume than nothing. So say yes. In fact, say yes as often as you can. When I was starting out doing improvisational theater at Second City and other places, there really was only one rule I was taught about improv, and that was yes and. In this case, yes and is a verb. To yes and. I, yes and. You, yes and. He, she, or it, yes and ands. Yes anding means that when you go on stage to improvise a scene with no script and you have no idea what's going to happen, maybe with someone you've never even met before, to build a scene, you have to accept. To build anything on stage, you have to accept what the other improviser offers. They say, we're doctors. So you're doctors. And then you add to that. We're doctors, and we're trapped in an ice cave. That's the end. And hopefully they yes and you back. So you have to keep your eyes open when you do this. You have to be aware of what the other per performer is offering you so that you can accept it and add to it. By following each other's lead, neither of you are really in control. It's more of a mutual discovery than a solo adventure. What happens in the scene is often as much a surprise to you as it is to the audience. Well, you, graduates, are about to start the greatest improvisation of all, with no script, no idea of what's going to happen, often with people and places you've never seen before, and you are not in control. So, say yes. And if you're lucky, you'll find people who will say yes back. Now, will saying yes get you into trouble sometimes? Will saying yes lead you to do some foolish things? Yes, it will. But don't be afraid to be a fool. Remember, you cannot be both young and wise. Young people who pretend to be wise to the ways of the world are mostly just cynics. Cynicism masquerades as wisdom, but is the farthest thing from it. Because cynics don't learn anything. Because cynicism is a self-imposed blindness, a rejection of the world because we are afraid it will hurt or disappoint us. Cynics always say no. 
But saying yes begins things. Saying yes is how things grow. Saying yes leads to knowledge. So for as long as you have the strength to say yes. Stephen Colbert. Now, all of this talk of Knox College graduation and the story of Stephen Colbert's own diploma surprise reminds me of a memorable aspect of my own graduation experience at Knox, and it relates to improvising. Among my friends in college, we had this thing called the Turtle Club. If you're a member of the Turtle Club, when another member of the Turtle Club calls your name and asks, are you a turtle, you are obliged to answer with a slightly crude colloquialism, which we don't need to repeat here. <laughs> the game of it was to ask a fellow club member that question in a situation in which it would be embarrassing to reply in the prescribed manner. So, at graduation, as I walk beaming across the stage, the president of the college smiles, extends my diploma, and says, Mark, are you a turtle? <laughs> Without missing a beat, I say, thank you. Take the diploma and start walking away. When it finally registered with me, what had actually just happened? So then, completely flummoxed, I whirled around, and just as the next student was shaking the president's hand, and now from the far end of the stage, <laughs> I call out the rude turtle club reply. <laughs> at that point, seeing and being mortified at what a spectacle I was making of myself, I beat a swift retreat. One of my practical joking friends had pulled off a good one with the help of our distinguished but fun-loving college president. <laughs> the whole thing was quite amusing, but I can't not say that it was very good improvisation on my part, was it? I was so narrowly focused on what I expected to happen that I was blind and oblivious to what actually happened until the opportunity to respond appropriately had passed. See, I, I missed it because I was lost in my own expectations. I agree with Stephen Colbert that life is a great improvisation. We encounter situations and characters without a script and we must get through the scene somehow. But on reflection, I think, well, we do have scripts, kind of, don't we? We have plans, we have expectations, we have ideas about how things are supposed to go and will go, and everyone is supposed to act according to our designs for them. We have these ideas, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, to have plans and ideas about how it's going to go. But it might be more accurate then to say that we have an incomplete script. Or even better, that the world simply does not consistently adhere to our script. Right? We've got our expectations, but then <laughs> it doesn't go according to plan consistently. 
So even after we have planned, even after we've determined what ought to happen, we still have to improvise. At least we do if our lives are going to have coherence. So at the critical moment in my graduation ceremony, the president did something that wasn't on my script. And I said, thank you, which was on my script. That's what I was going to say after he said, congratulations. But he didn't say congratulations. So my reply was incoherent. Thank you is incoherent relative to, are you a turtle? It was only coherent relative to my imaginings, which were not real in the moment. Now, we're not literally on stage, of course, and the improv of life has no audience, unlike what Stephen Colbert is talking about, improv theater. It's not theater because everyone is in the scene. The scene is playing out, and everyone is a player in it. And that actually is kind of a mind-blowing thing to sit and contemplate for a moment. The scene is playing out, even right here and there, right? Everyone is in the scene. Mm. <coughs> but back to this business of saying yes and. If you've ever seen novice theater improvisers, you may know that one of the most common impulses initially is to be clever. And uh, a simple way to be clever is to thwart. Somebody ventures a scenario like, we're doctors. Okay, we're doctors. And the other person, first impulse, is to get cute and say, no, we're not. That can be a little bit funny, a little bit funny, but only once. And it comes at a high cost because, no, we're not. Doesn't go anywhere. We're doctors. Goes somewhere. No, we're not. Doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't generate anything for the other people to build upon, so the scene is depleted and flat until somebody says, yes, and. Yes, and builds. No, depletes. And that's pretty much a universal principle. Hence, the prime rule of improvisation, always say, yes, and. Now, of course, I'm not saying that in life, we should literally say yes all the time and never say no. The yes that I mean here is a deep acceptance of the reality of the situation before us. The and works with the current scene and influences it, moves it forward in some way. That's our creative contribution. I believe we truly are called to always say yes to the reality which confronts us. Always say yes to the reality which confronts us. That doesn't mean affirming when someone says something that you don't believe and agreeing with it. No, no. It doesn't mean acquiescing to what you think is wrong or even you just don't like. Saying yes is not about liking. Practicing yes and in real life does not turn us into bobble-headed ninnies that just say yes to everything. 
It's saying, I accept that this is the reality of the situation. Yes, and here's my two cents. Back to you. Right? Somebody says, hey, I've got a spiffy used car here. I think you should buy it. Well, the yes and rule does not mean that you should buy the car. It means that you accept that somebody is trying to sell you a car and that you have your doubts and so forth, which is also part of the reality. And so it, the whole scene is okay. Somebody's trying to sell me a car, but I have my doubts. That's the scene. It's okay that it's happening. And so you move the scene forward, maybe say something like, well, I'm not really in the market for a car right now, or whatever. You take the reality that comes to you and you move it forward in some way. Now perhaps this seems obvious that we have to accept what is happening and deal with it, but it strikes me that existentially, rather often, we do say no. I call it having a mini tantrum. A little micro tantrum. We're pretty good at hiding these most of the time. But either with someone that we trust uh, in private or just, or just inside ourselves, something happens that isn't in accordance with our script. And we go, geez, what are they thinking? This is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Right? So for a moment, we're saying, in effect, I refuse to, to be in this scene. I won't work with it. Right? Rather than creatively engage the situation, we're trying to step out of the scene. Trying to step off stage in that uh, metaphor. But we are still in the scene. <laughs> we are still in the scene. It's just that we're whining and griping in the scene instead of doing something interesting. <sighs> and after we've had our little tantrum, a lot of times we then take a deep breath, and do something to move the situation forward. But sometimes we don't. We, we can stay with our arms crossed and our teeth clenched and just harden our hearts. No, I won't, I won't, right? I won't. The scene goes on, though. We cannot stop it. The scene goes on, but it will be sort of lifeless and uncreative because we're not engaged with it authentically. We're just kind of sulking in the middle of the scene. It's like trying to bully God. I said, no, you've got to give me something that I like better. But actually, when it comes to this, <clears throat> we have no bargaining power. For some time, I've been wanting to do a sermon or a book that I would call Negotiating with God, Getting to Yes. <laughs> now, how do you think you get to yes when you're negotiating with ultimate reality? Exactly. By saying yes. <laughs> That's the only way it's going to happen. The wiggle room that we have is we can say yes and. Yes and can involve disagreement or even full-blown conflict. 
For instance, yes, I hear what you're saying, and I have a different point of view. Moves the scene forward. Yes, I understand what you're advocating, and I think something else is more important. Okay, we're rolling here. Or even, yes, I see what you are doing, and I oppose you with every fiber of my being. I'm not going to waste my life whining about it, but I am going to try to change the situation. You're not the only actor here. I am too. So, it's on. Or on a different vein. Yes. Yes. I see that I myself have failed to do what I feel and know in my heart is best. And I strive to do better next time. Right? Often we confront, our conflicts are often not with somebody else out there, but it's with our own self and our own memories. Yes, that is the truth of the past, and I move forward. Really interesting and empowered people live this way. With yes and, we are engaged in the struggle, but at the same time, there is a part of us that is not all caught up in it. From the yes and perspective, it's easier to see the drama and the humor of it with an element of humility and curiosity. We know that none of us is totally in control, nor should we be, which in our less fine moments we imagine we should be. Well, I'm not in control, but I should be, right? <laughs> I kind of like that old expression, God willing. Going to paint the house this weekend? Oh, God willing, right? It's like, yes, that's my plan. And I acknowledge that what I plan is not necessarily what will be, right? I love that building that in, like there are subcultures and times and places where to say God willing or something like it is uh, normal. I like it, just building in that, yes, I have a plan, yes, I have an intention, yes, that's on the schedule, and in all humility, I know that may not be the way it's going to go. To live with an open heart, we've got to do that. And I'd like to leave you with this beautiful exhortation uh, from my colleague, Richard Gilbert. He says, Welcome to the company of those who say yes to life. Be counted among those who find life worthy. Join the people who affirm the holiness of living. Be among those who refuse to succumb to despair. It is no simple thing to be a human being. It is not easy to live a life. We are all tempted from time to time to give up, to say to ourselves and others, it just isn't worth it. Step out of the scene. At such times, we need to be among the yaysayers. We need to seek out those who have said yes to life. Not because they have not been heard, 
Not because even, but because even with that pain, they have found life still worth the living. Who knows? If we join them, we may say, and mean it when we say, yes to life. We may be the ones to whom others turn when life is a burden and existence a trauma. Say yes to life. Join humanity's yay-sayers and be glad. And I think of our togetherness on mornings just such as this in that light. Amen to all that. <laughs>